Do you like to binge watch TV? Did you know you could binge listen to podcasts? Head over to electronicmediacollective.com where they have podcasts for days. You like podcasts about wrestling? They have that. Do you like podcasts about TV and film? They have that. Do you like podcasts about horror? EMC has that too. Do you like comedy? Do you like books? Guess what? They've got you covered. Head over to electronicmediacollective.com Pick your favorite podcast today. Hey everybody, it's CJ Graham, Jason Voorhees, Friday the 13th Part 6, and you're listening to Moose's Monster Mash. to a new year and a new episode of Moose's Monster Mash. And what better way to kick off the new year than with a Friday the 13th special because, well, it's Friday the 13th. And who better to kick us off than voice actor and star of Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Liz, Roger Rose. Thank you. Yes, this is Vincent Price. Oh, it's a tingler. No, 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 that's not right. Uh, and actually, that's still, I, I, that sounds like Pinky in the Brain. Sounds like my friend Maurice LaMarche. Yes, Pinky. So. Uh, let's see, I, I can't listen to, uh, like, Orson Welles or any of the uh, like older guys anymore now without hearing Maurice's uh, take on Pinky. Like it is you know, such ingrained in pop culture now that that's where yes. it sits. We did. Uh, there's a movie I did called. Uh, first of all, hello, hi, nice to see you. It's been a special moment. Sorry, I've just been already going into it. So <laughs> hello and hello everybody. Um, what was it? So, oh, we did. I did a movie called uh, a comic book, the movie directed by Mark Hamill, starring Mark Hamill and me and every animation person period uh spongebob tom kenny uh uh jess arnell uh, uh billy west who's the red m&m but we're all live action and we shot it at comic-con and the reason i mentioned maurice is i've done i did uh pinky in the brain with him and some other cartoons and he's a pal and so we're doing one of those convention rooms, 2000 people. And, you know, Hamill's there. Hamill's freaking Yoda. It doesn't matter, you know, when you're at Comic-Con. And so I am introducing everybody. And it's actually on the extras on that movie. And uh, I go, and ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Maurice Lamarche. And he gets out there and he goes, yes, Pinky. I'm in Macy's window. He does the whole Orson Welles thing. And, and I said to him, <laughs> Did that get you? And the crowd's going nuts. And I go, did that get out of your system? And he goes, never. No. Always. Well, I'm like, yeah, in that vein, you did, uh, oh, where did it go? I was just looking at it. I've been watching it. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. If I'm in it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, oh, God, where did it go? I lost my notes. Um, hot moves i'll come up with every bad movie i did if you like <laughs> <laughs> no this one was a tv show 
Uh, oh, well, then it might have been good. Seinfeld? Nope. Gravedale oh. High. Oh, my gosh. I knew I'd love you. Uh, I, did you been watching? It, it's on YouTube. Is That is the most underappreciated show. I am so proud to be on that. One of the most. Anyway, go ahead. What were you going to ask? And oh, yeah, I'm so. Yo, Maurice is on that. And like, just, just the cast that's on it. And like, when I, you know, looking into everything you were on to do this episode, like I, I saw Gravedale High and it's like, I think I remember that. And then I, I go back and started watching it. Cause like I said, I found it on YouTube and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure I remember this show. And then you play Vinny Stoker. I'm so thrilled that you mentioned this because I'm very proud of this one. Uh, and as a result, as I sit down back in my chair, uh, I, I'm, I have the cell of Vinny. I don't want to get the glare here. Vinny the Vampire, Vinny Stoker. Can you see that all right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the cell from the cartoon right there. Yeah, and he's Vinny got, the Vampire. Hey. See, he's this mix of like Fonzie and Vinny Barbarino. Boom. Nailed it. But I have to tell you, you mentioned this cartoon, the cast. I'm 22, maybe. And it's Tim Curry. And, of course, Rick Moranis and uh, an actress named Ellen Burstyn, uh, Jonathan Winters, um, Ricky Lake. She played Cleofatra, mm-hmm. which she wasn't very happy about, I might add. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then every guest star you just mentioned, you know, Maurice, but just tons of big stars because it was Rick Moranis. Yeah. And I just was like, oh, my goodness. And that's the first time I worked with Jonathan Winters, who I ended up working with a lot. I was really thrilled by that. And he'd always like do bits when you walk in. But Rick Moranis, SCTV is like my favorite thing in the entire world. And as you know, he did stuff and then he stopped because his wife was actually ill at the time. So he'd fly into L.A. and we would do like three, four episodes at a time. And I always made sure I sat next to him because I wanted to ask him about SCTV. Have you, did you, you've seen SCTV, yeah. right? You've seen, so I would ask him about all that stuff. And he was very open to but I'm going to do it a quick impression for you. Cause again, I owe you some telling you stuff I don't normally talk about. So he was nice, but I'd say like, uh, Oh, I love Jerry Todd, the disc jockey. And you go, Oh, I wrote that. So here's what we did. And I'm just, I'm like dying going, Oh, this is the coolest thing ever. And then if I brought up, uh, Dr. Tongue's house of 3d, he go, I didn't write that. And he turned away from me <laughs> and wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> So it was always like a, a Vegas gamble. If I hit the right sketch, he'd go, oh, I wrote that. And then he would tell me everything and it would be you know, like, play it again, uh, Bob, the Woody Allen parody. Yeah. He would tell me everything. But if he didn't write it, he wouldn't talk to me for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's insane. And Tim Curry, really cool guy. Uh, great sense of humor. Everybody was just amazed. Ricky Lake, we became friendly from that. And uh, it was like it only lasted 13 episodes. And the only other side thing I'll tell you on this one, um, I was you know trying again to impress Rick Moranis. And I go, so I guess uh, you're doing this for your kids. He goes, no, the money. <laughs> I'm like, OK. <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> I mean, he was he was straight ahead, man. <laughs> what got you into like acting and inevitably voice acting because I, I think you have uh, at this point a more prolific voice acting career than you do on screen uh role. well you know 
I, I, I hosted a lot of shows and I, I did a lot of movies and TV shows, but um, I always was a voiceover guy. Uh, and my parents are uh, broadcasters. Uh, my mom was on NPR in Chicago and my dad was on the radio in Los Angeles and San Francisco. He was one of the original um, like confrontational radio talk show hosts. So if you if you take my mother NPR and you take my dad conservative divorce and um anyway but uh uh but still i was around broadcasting my mom would always do voiceovers in chicago where i'm originally from and and then i would be here in la and i'd go with my dad to the recording studios so uh, i grew up around it it was something i always knew and and uh, it was never even a question i knew i would be in front of the camera and behind the microphone Hello. <laughs> so that, that, that definitely tracks with a lot of the roles you got. Because, like, I'm going through your list and you see, like, narrator, newscaster. And it's like, okay. And then, you know, just within, like, the first two minutes of talking to you, and it's like, got you it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's how I got, st- that's how I got started, um, which I think. Your viewers will be happy about this. There's a movie called The Reanimator. You know that movie? Uh-huh. And so my very first job, uh, other than like, you know, some goofy commercials on camera, was uh, being the death voices for The Reanimator and Reanimator 2 and all these really horrible low-budget foreign films. As a matter of fact, one just um, – Amazon just bought all the old library of old films. And one of them is uh, Savage Island with Linda Blair. And I'm, I am every guy in that movie because it was shot in like Romania. And there's literally a, a gunfight scene where there's like 10 guys and I'm all 10 guys and I all, all 10 of us die. And it's all me. <laughs> anyway, but a reanimator was the coolest film. It's still a cool film. Yeah. Stuart Gordon, the director and everything. And, what was really cool <laughs> like this. So it was my very first gig. And uh, it was, I was all the male voices and Sue, uh, Pat music. I'm sorry. Pat music was all the female voices. Her daughter is um, Mae Whitman, you know, the actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So we had to do all this stuff. My arms are being ripped off and everything. And there's a scene in the reanimator. Do you remember the remat? I mean, do you remember the scenes? Yes. It's pretty hardcore scene where the headless man goes down on the woman who's mm-hmm. tied to the table. Yeah. So she's the woman doing the voices. Cause they didn't use the real voices and I'm, and I'm the guy and I ha- literally had to go and please excuse. I, I don't know if there's, you know, I'm not trying to be dirty, but it, see the movie, you'll see it. And it's like my headless guy puts my head down in between her crotch and I go, you know and we're just both like oh and she's screaming and we're both just going this is how we make a living (laughs) and it was great and Stuart Gordon just he put me in the second one uh like reanimator 2 I don't remember what it's called and he did it just to get get me again because I turned green this one he had me um it's the very beginning of the film and you see the back of the guy in an uh, insane asylum and he's in like a t- whatever you call it and again you can see this in the movie and he's um i don't even know how he's doing because he's in a straitjacket, but he's um pleasuring himself so you only see it from the back and i have to make pleasuring myself noises and he did it just to mess with me man. <laughs> it was really not fun <laughs> make noises what <laughs> you're like the frank welker of horror 
<laughs> Frank Welker. Now you're you're man. You're hitting me with everybody. Frank Welker's my hero. Frank oh, Welker definitely. is. My, did you ever have you had him on the show? I have not met him yet, but I he is on the my uh, short list of people I want to meet. Can I tell you? He is the first person you want to meet. Oh, he definitely. Is, he is. I, can I tell you a Frank, Frank Welker oh, story? By all means. I owe you, man. So I'm trying to, you know, Frank Welker, first of all, is my hero. Frank Welker is the most, there's all of us. And I mean, like Jim Cummings is one of my best friends. Brilliant. And I, that's a word I don't throw around. But then there's a level that no, and that's Frank Welker. I've, I've witnessed him doing things that it's impossible. And he, and the nicest man in the world. But here's my quick story. And it's pretty good Hollywood story. So I'm doing uh, the five heartbeats, the Robert Townsend movie. And uh, I'm the joke white guy where I'm taking all the great uh, R&B soul songs and I make them real white. You know, like there's a song ain't got nothing but you, you know, like and I go, ain't got nothing but your love, honey. You know, <laughs> And they dye my hair blonde here. Hold on. You think I'm making this stuff up? What's funny is these are the I don't have many things hanging up on my walls, but these are the two. This is a prop from the movie. <laughs> there I am right there. I'm the lead singer of the Five Horsemen. This is a fake album. <laughs> and they dyed our hair white. See? Oh, wow. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's <laughs> you know, 125th Street, except we're in the pink sweaters. And so anyway, I'm the I'm Robert Townsend, who I got lucky enough to work with a couple of times. He put me in it. And anyway, so they dye my hair white and all this kind of stuff. And I'm I'm the, the joke white guy. And uh, so Frank is doing a screen test for a TV show at CBS Network. Now, for people who don't know what a screen test is, it's the final thing before you get the job. They put you on a set, they get the cameras rolling, they put makeup on you and you do whatever the scene is. And then they look at it and that's whether you get the job or not. They make a deal before you even do the job. They they sign you to a seven-year deal. This is for TV. So I'm doing this small part in this movie. My hair's goofy. And I get a call from my agent. You've got to get to CBS right now to host your own TV show. I'm like, what? I didn't audition for any show or anything like that. Frank in his screen test is in the middle of his screen test. And he goes, you know what? I'm not right for this. You know who's right for this? Roger Rose. And they go, who? And he goes, Yeah. Call him. And they go, we'll finish your screen test. He goes, nah, I'm leaving. See ya. And they go, no, don't go. And he leaves. <coughs> Holy shit. So all the executives at CBS go, get me this guy. <laughs> so <laughs> I stop at like a, I don't know, a Woolworths or something. And I spray, there's like this foam stuff and I spray paint it all in my hair because I look so goofy. And then I go into the CBS meeting and as I'm talking to him, chunks of black are falling off. <laughs> but of course- <laughs> It's interpretation. And they go, what's going on? I go, well, I'm shooting this movie with Robert Townsend. Oh, he must be somebody. What, right? But the fact is, is they said, would you like to host your own TV show for Guaranteed on the Air on CBS? I'm like, what? And they, because they were so blown away that Welker would walk away from a job and just say, use that guy. They hired me sight unseen. I mean, basically, as long as I wasn't a wiener, they gave me the job. And I had four on the air got canceled but i got i had four on the air hosting my own show on cbs primetime isn't that oh, wild because of frank that, that that's some power 
Yeah, and to, to like, yeah, like you said, just nope, I don't want it. Give it to him. Yeah, and they're okay. all nobody does that. Nobody does that. Yeah, and they're all like, whoever that guy is, he said, get him. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, it just doesn't happen. No, not at all. Yeah. So pretty you, amazing, though, huh? No, no, definitely. Yeah. Do you prefer on camera or on the mic uh, roles? That's a good question. I when it's a rewarding on camera thing, meaning if it's something that's in my wheelhouse or something uh, I can do, uh, it's uh, it's fun. I, I love the camera. I just love the camera. But that was another reason why I I went more towards uh, voiceover is because you know how many times can you you know go delivery or whatever whatever the gig was and i got some leads in movies but then you know um and that was amazing uh so probably honestly if it's was amazing on camera roll, i really i if someone said to me you're gonna have to be here 12 16 hours which is normal i where do you want me but those roles are far and few in between so as a result then when i do um like, as an example, I told you I, right from this gig, I'm doing a thing uh, for CBS primetime, Bob Hart's Abishola. And when you get to do some big time thing like that, and I, I'm not sitting there going like that. It's just that it's so cool yeah. for me. Oh, yeah. That I, I get to say tonight on CBS. That's so cool. It, it, I, I get, and all the people at CBS, because I did NCIS, Big Bang Theory, the Big Bang Theory. Every time I come in there, they, they're they like, uh, calm it down. Because <laughs> I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> you know? And they're like, okay. <laughs> and they finally, they don't think they thought, they thought I was faking it. And then finally, about three, four years in, they're going, I guess this guy really is excited. <laughs> no, he's really this happy to do this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm not proud. I'm a, I'm a long short, you know, Jim Cummings, uh, who's uh, Winnie the Pooh and yeah. Darkwing Duck and everything. He and I are both, you know, mid. Well, he's really more uh, Pennsylvania, but we're, you know, we come from the city, man. We know. Thank you. <laughs> we don't. We're not proud. Well, I mean, Rob Paulson's same way. It's yes. You know, I mean, he, you know, he he's said numerous times. You know, he he gets paid to do something he would gladly do for free, just because he he loves doing it. Do you? Do you? I don't know if you know this guy. He's long gone. Guy named Gary Owens. You know, Gary Owens, the guy who talked yeah. like this. Yeah. He was one of my all a mentor to me on many things. Just a wonderful guy. And Rob Paulson, I walked into an audition one day, and the guy who was casting it was like, "Oh my god!" I go, well, "What's going on?" He goes, "Well, Rob Paulson was just in the air," and I asked him to do a Gary Owens voice, and Rob said. Gary Owens is alive and he's available and working. And if you want him, you should call him because I'm not going to do that. And he left. <laughs> That's balls. It, yeah. It, you know, wow. I can tell you a lot of negative stories about people. And I'm if they're bad people, I will be more than happy to say their names. But I'm also the first guy to tell you if someone's a mensch like Paulson or Frank, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I'm looking through your credits list, and your voiceover career has been f fucking phenomenal. 
What about my all my great movies that you didn't mention that we talked about? <laughs> I haven't got there yet. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hot moves. Uh, get it on. Um, <laughs> I could keep going, but you don't. Want, can I do a line from Get It On for you? No, yeah. hot moves. Hot moves. It was hot moves. Um, and I'm going to do exactly how uh, I, I was the the lead's brother. Okay, ready? This is called Hot. There's a movie called Hot Moves. You can get it somewhere. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> you mean all these hot chicks are walking around the beach and you guys try to score a hooker? Thank you. <laughs> Sing. <laughs> <laughs> I still am off, but I still remember it. <laughs> well, I mean, and yeah, like your your live action stuff too. You do have. It's okay. I would just make it. Well, fun. no, just. <laughs> It, it you know we were talking about uh, voiceover so, but yeah like live action I mean now oh wait I promised you I promised you I'd tell you a story that no one else and I just and I was trying to figure out and I just got one go ahead no one knows the story can I tell it to you oh, it's yeah. about Seinfeld is that okay yes because I I made a promise to myself that I would tell you something I've never said publicly so I'm pretty sure I didn't tell this story I'm almost positive okay so. Uh, I did. I was lucky enough to do Seinfeld and uh, my buddy, Steve Heitner, who plays Banyan, the comedians, my one of my very close friends. We did a movie called Ski Patrol together and other things. And uh, I just emceed his second wedding with uh, Aiden uh, Myron, if you know her stand up comedian. And uh, anyway, so Steve has a birthday and this is after the Seinfeld shows over with and whatever. But Seinfeld's the biggest guy. Right. And it's at this goofy little bar. And. I'm sitting next to this guy and we're all there for Steve's birthday and Seinfeld comes in and the guy at the bar. Do I want to tell you this story or no? I don't know. Do oh, yes, no. Oh, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Right. This is good. So the guy says to me, I got to go apologize to Seinfeld. I go, why? And he goes, well, about a year ago, I was waiting in line at a restaurant. He walks in and they let him right in and I scream F you to the guy. And I go, well, does he know you? No. Did he ever meet you before? No. Well, this is Steve's birthday party. Do you really want to embarrass Steve by going up to this guy? He goes, well, I want to apologize to him. I go, well, Seinfeld's not going to remember you. You know, I mean, just don't embarrass Steve. And he goes, okay. So like a half an hour goes by and the guy says to me, I really want to go up to Seinfeld. I said, no, leave him alone. Don't embarrass Steve. I go, I go up to Seinfeld because I know him a little bit. And, um, and, I, and I, I, uh, Steve goes, uh, Jerry, you remember Roger? He goes, sure, we did stand up together. And I went, well, no, we did this such and such. Right, and we did stand up together. I go, no, we did. I did your show. Yes, and we did stand up together. And I thought about it and I went, most powerful man in comedy. Yes, we did we stand, did stand, up, stand together. up together. <laughs> anyway, so now I go back to my seat. The guy's there and Seinfeld is walking out. And he goes, I really should go up. And I said, no, don't embarrass Steve. And he walks out. One minute later, he walks back in and goes, F you. And then walks back out. <laughs> and I went, I guess he remembers you. <laughs> But it's like Seinfeld obviously thought better of it. He walked out and then turned right back in and just flipped him off and went, F you, and then walked out. <laughs> I went, wow. And I found out later, Seinfeld has a memory like nobody. He remembers everybody and everything. <laughs> oh, that's that great? great. I felt so bad I didn't uh, that I stopped that guy from. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you. Well, apparently this guy was a dick. I mean, you know, because the guy was 
the first to say to me that he was a dick. So I guess. <laughs> oh man. There you got one. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Uh, there you go. That was the last story. Voiceover wise, you've land you've landed on some major uh properties. I mean, just looking at it like the tick, quack pack, couple spots on extreme ghostbusters, uh you know, it's just like this is you've had one hell of a career and you're still going. I mean, this is Yeah. This is insane. Thank you. I, I just did um Oh God! Uh, not because you made me think of Gravedale High. Um, uh, it's the they're bringing it back on MTV. Um, Dead High. Go. To, it's with uh, Will Forte and um, oh my God! I feel terrible. I just because I'm stuck on on Gravedale High. Um, yeah, anyway, I just did that. It's it's in the credits there. That was really fun. That was really cool. I got to be. Um, anyway, that's coming out, I think soon on MTV. And so, yeah, it's, I, I'm very lucky in that. And it really is, uh, you know, who, you know, and who remembers you and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I don't know. I bet you she's been mentioned here before Andrea Romano. She's my dear friend and, and I owe her, I mean, she put, I'm really one of the greatest thrills of my career where you talk about like not being on camera. Uh, was being one of the 10 sanctioned supermen, Superman uh, for Warner Brothers. And I got to do Batman Brave and Bold as Superman. And uh, I was infected with red kryptonite and I got to call Lois Lane a whore. <laughs> <laughs> that was sort of, I'm going, you guys sure? Yeah, you're infected with red kryptonite. Okay, <laughs> if you say I can do it. <laughs> so th th there's a feather in your cap. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> but no, not that part, but just the part of being super. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, which made me think of a can I, I I go on tangents? Is that all right? Oh, I don't want to be my guest. There's a game I did called Mafia. I don't know if you're familiar with the games. It's a Mafia series. And can I get it? It's again, I'm being dirty again. So is that all right? I don't want to. Uh, OK, OK. I don't want to get anybody. So uh, they. I had to speak Italian. I'm a, a mobster. And, and so they want to be authentic. So they got a, a Italian lady in to translate for me. So when I would say stuff in Italian, it would be very authentic. And she was this beautiful young Italian woman and I'm a mobster. So everything I say is a swear word or slang or rude. It's not like I'm saying anything. And what made me think of that was the horror. I had to say, uh, Hey baby for, a woman of the streets i'm trying to clean up you have a great derriere now i said it in a much harder way in italian but i had to say it phonetically correctly in italian so she would come in and say all right say but that is over there and i'm like oh you know but she'd say say it again i go say it again so what i'm basically saying to her is over and over again you got a great one you tramp and she, you know, but it's like, and she'd be just looking in my face, say it again, say it again. You have a great ass. You, you say it again. You have a great ass. You know, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then she walked out going, nice job. <laughs> like, oh. Professionals. Yeah. It's like, this is the greatest job in the world. <laughs> You've also landed a couple Scooby Doo movies. Mm. 
You darn meddling kids. <laughs> Got to say it. Yeah. You know, I, I get, talk about another, you know, you know, feather in the cap. That, that's like one of those lines that, you know, as you know, a voice actor or just even as somebody who just wants to get into acting, you're like, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe one day I'll get to be a villain on Scooby-Doo. I know. <laughs> you know, because it, it's yeah. like it's strange to think about, but that really is a benchmark to yeah. to get to utter like those iconic lines. <laughs> you darn meddling kid. uh, kids. You know, Frank Welker, the, uh, Messick was originally Scooby-Doo, Don Messick, but he had passed away. And so it was Frank Welker, who still is Scooby-Doo and, uh, 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 you know, geez, what's his name? I can't remember. Anyway, and um, uh, Velma was um, Mindy Cohn from Facts of Life. And I guess uh, Gray Lyle was the other girl. So it was... It was, you know, and everybody was just giving me a real tough time because it was so cool. Hearing, okay, let's make sure we all are quiet here. Here he goes. <laughs> you know, <all> <laughs> kind of stuff. And it was just so much fun. And, and you know, Welker's patting me on the back, telling me, uh, you know, oh, it was so cool. And, you know, there's an example of Welker being brilliant because he goes from, gee, Scoob, let's get in the car and to, you know, row, row. you know, it's like, man, that guy's amazing. But that that was uh, extremely cool. But uh, look, Friday the 13th, um, here we are all these years later. uh, And, you know, how cool is that? The the fact that we're still talking about it is... I think it's one of the better ones, though, I have to admit. Especially the the beginning. Well, it's... The beginning. It's essentially the uh, relaunch of the uh, franchise, because... Five is kind of a dud, and mm-hmm. it, it, and five is universally panned in the fandom as like the worst in the franchise because it's like the one without Jason. Yeah, yeah. And then Jason Liz comes back, and you get Frank and Jason, and yeah. you know true zombie Jason, and just out of the gate. You know, Jason Liz comes back with, you know, it's it's faster pace. It's a little darker. Um, and it's funnier, too. That's like, it's funnier. There's some fourth wall breaks. Yeah. Uh, like the uh, caretaker, as he's you know, shoveling up the grave, looks, I mean, looks right at the camera. You know, some people have a strange sense of uh, entertainment. It's all Tommy. Uh, he, it's all him. Yeah, it, it, it sets the tone for what will be the rest of the franchise, mm-hmm. and it, it's a gorgeous reboot, essentially. And yeah, it it, it really relaunches interest in the franchise. Have you had him? Have you had Tommy on the show? No, uh, he will hopefully be coming on sometime this year. Well. I give him all the credit. It's all him and he should be doing another one. And I, it's, it's an injustice that he's not, it just, he gets it. He gets it in every, just everything you just said, it's all him. And he, he gets it. And uh, I I don't know how else to say it. He gets the, the, the drama, the Frankenstein, the, the, the comedy, the visual, like that opening scene is like, 
Oh my God. What's funny is, and he also, that's how you also know if you have a good director or not. Uh, in my death scene, if you're, if you know, is, you know, I get shish kebab with my girlfriend and we're supposed to be on a motorcycle, but, and in the original thing of special effects, we were going to be hanging from the, uh, machete, but a, a light caught a tree on fire in the middle of the night. And that shut us down for like an hour or two. And he, you know, in the old, you know, you, you got to be daylight. Yeah. So he had to improvise our death um, because he needed to get it in that night. I, I think lesser directors would have just, eh, just die, but he didn't, he really came up and they, and uh, Paramount, when the movie was about to come out, they got scared of uh, all the violence. Like there was like some parent groups and stuff. So they cut all the deaths down a little bit. Uh, and one of the coolest things, I don't know if I've ever, I'm sure it's been used since, but uh, what was cut out is we, you see us get shish kebab and the, or whatever machete. But what he did is like, if this is the camera right here, he put a piece of plexiglass right there. So I'm on this side, plexiglass is there and the camera's there. And he filled our mouths with blood. So when we get shish kebab, we turn and go like that. So it was going to be all over the screen. I mean, that's a freaking cool idea. Oh, yeah. But they cut that out because they got scared of all the violence. But I mean, it was like very impressive. That's all I can say. It's definitely a movie that has held up. I mean, we're going we're going close to just under 40 years now. Thanks. <laughs> I was, hey, to be fair, I was born February the same year. So, I mean, oh, okay. I'm going close to 40 as well. Well, so. they wanted you, but you were busy in your crib and they couldn't use you. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, you know, it, it's, it's really holding, holding its own. And it, what I find interesting about it is it finds a new audience, that one specifically finds a new audience every year. CJ's, mm-hmm. you know, CJ Graham is great as Jason. You know, he, he really brings his own take on the character. And it's, you know, you, you're right. It's this perfect combination of scary and comedy. And I think it's one of the only ones that has a lot of actual kids in the movie too. And that adds another level of like, what's going to happen. I've told this one before, but can I tell you when we do get the other part of the, being the macheted because he had to improvise. Uh, I don't, if you don't, I mean, maybe you've heard this story before. So I don't where, where Jason had, you know, one eye is covered with his mask and we had to, where he really used a real machete. You want me to tell that? Oh yeah, go ahead. Back to the camera here. So they had to improvise because originally it was going to be a special effect and we were going to be hanging from the machete like that. Right. But he didn't have time to do that. So the camera's here. We're here. And what we have to do is put our arm like this. And then the CJ playing Jason has to take a real machete and put it between our arms. So the camera. So it's like this. So the camera doesn't see that. Right. But it's a real machete. And these are really our arms. <laughs> and he's got one eye covered on his mask. So he has no depth perception. So when we're looking like we're being murdered, 
there's no acting going on because it's like action. He has to take the machete, make it through our arms. It's a big, gigantic, rusty machete. There's nothing fake about it. And if he misses, we die. <laughs> so, so they're going, and we did it like four times. It scared the, you know what out of us because <laughs> it was like, the, you know, he's right there. And if he misses, it's over, Johnny. I get it. So there's no acting going on. We're like, ah! <laughs> you know, like that. You're legitimately scared for your life. I was because, you know, you think, oh, well, it's a rubber machete. No, no. That's very rusty, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, he has no depth perception. He's, you know, you do it. You try it. It's, it was not fun. <laughs> so how'd that role come about? Well, that comes from voiceover. Uh, I was known as the deaf voice and I've been doing some on camera, but I was known as the guy who they would bring me in and I would like, uh, if someone's head was squeezed and their brain would pop out, I go, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Anyway, so somebody recommended me to, uh, Tommy McGoughlin to do death voices for him. And I'm telling him that, uh, cause he's making the movie and I'm telling him, uh, uh, you know, I always wanted to die brutally on a movie. This is out of a bad, this is out of a bad Hollywood story. I mean, this is absolutely true. So as, as I'm telling him this, the phone rings and it's paramount and they're saying to him, Hey, we don't have enough deaths in the movie. We need you to add two more deaths. And he goes, okay. And he hangs up the phone. He goes, I've always wanted to do this kid. I want you in my movie. And that's how I got the part. <laughs> He said, I get to do that Hollywood thing. And that's, he put me in there. And uh, do you remember the uh, the old guy who has the bottle in his neck? Yeah. Um, that was funny because, again, there was the fire. And he had to get these murders like, like that. So it, for people who haven't seen it, Jason sticks a, a broken bottle in the guy's neck and then blood shoots out of the, the, the spout of the bottle. And it was freezing, of course, when it's the forest in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. So the special effect wasn't working. So again, I give, I give Tommy all credit. He had two special effects guys with rubber tubes that went up to the spigot of the of the bottle but they're on their knees out of camera range and they got to go to get the blood to shoot out, but it's freezing out. So liquid doesn't move. So it's like action. He goes, ah, and they're going, and nothing's, <laughs> it was like, it was the funniest thing to see two guys on their knees behind the guy going, and he's going, ah, it's like nothing's for hours. It was great. <laughs> He has super clotting ability. <laughs> <laughs> but they pulled it off. So uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So since I know you have uh, things to do this evening. Yes. Uh, before we wrap this up, what uh, upcoming projects do you have that you would like to uh, let people know to keep an eye out for? Uh, the cartoon I was thinking of, which is when I'm, it was Clone High. I have that coming up on uh, uh, MTV. I think it's going to be on. I think so. Paramount Plus, a lot of Paramount plugs. Yeah. Uh, and um, I have a lot of games uh, going on right now. Um, uh, Jesus, uh, they just 
wrote me, let's see, this one I'm doing tomorrow is, um, don't tell me, uh, it's called uh, Ruins, Ruins. Uh, I have a game coming up called Ruins. There you go. And um, um, I have a cartoon on Netflix, Monkey with a Tool Belt, it's called. It's on Netflix and uh, a couple other cartoons. And and then uh, on camera, a couple things happening. But, you know, that's about it. And where can listeners uh, keep up to date with all these uh, projects and everything you have going on? Well, you could either go to uh, rogerrose.com and uh, or... You could talk to Lenny here. Look at your puppers. Yes, you could. Hello, how are you? No, all right. Uh, that's Lenny. Um, anyway, this is my voiceover dog. He is, uh, he's an old guy. He's 12 years old. But he, he, he uh, because he's been with me since he's a puppy, whenever I record, he knows to be quiet. It's really, it's, it's sort of wild. And I'm actually watching another dog. And I was doing some gig yesterday and, Suddenly I'm hearing, I'm going, what that? And then I realized it was that dog. <laughs> think, they think it's me going, <laughs> you know. Yeah. What were the social media sites? <laughs> RogerRose.com, at RogerRose on Instagram, uh, blah, 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 blah. So the usual suspects, <laughs> the usual suspects, but it's under, you know, it's, and by the way, Roger Rose is my real name. Thank you. I know people think it's cause it's so, cause I told you my parents are in broadcasting and they gave me a real radio name, you know, Roger Rose, everybody 45 minutes after the hour, that means you got 15 minutes to get to work. You know, that routine. Yeah. And listeners, I'll put those links in the episode description and you can find me and other great podcasters over at electronicmediacollective.com, or if you just want to follow me, head over to Facebook and Twitter and look up Moose Media Inc. Just look for the moose. And mm-hmm. and why why uh, why moose? Is a nickname I picked up in high school, and it just kind of stuck. I understand. And was this because you're a tall gentleman, or is this because you poop? It? I poop M and M's. No. Uh, <laughs> so no, I, I played a character named Moose in, uh, Crazy for You, a musical I did in, uh, my freshman year of high school. And uh-huh. he, he, in the original, he's kind of the town drunk, but since it's high school, it, he was a town idiot, you know, cause you can't be a town drunk in school. Right. Right. And it, it just kind of stuck. He was this big kind of stumbly, bumbly, almost Mongo from Blazing Saddles. Ooh, one of my favorite movies. You know, so it it just it, it, it stuck, and it's been moose ever since. Wow, that's cool. You know, Mel Brooks in high school, because high school, I, I used to call celebrities in high school and put them on my high school radio station. We had this power of a light bulb. You know, it was like nobody heard us or anything. But I would get through to celebrities, and. uh Mel Brooks, when I was in high school, I, I called 20th Century Fox, and my name is Roger Rose. His lawyer's name is Richard Rosen. And for whatever reason, he thought it was his lawyer. So I immediately got through. And again, it's another dirty story. I can't say what he said. 
He goes, Richard Rosen? And I go, uh, no, it's Roger Rose. He goes, well, why the F aren't you Richard Rosen? I go, I, I, I know I'm 15. And I go, uh, I, I don't know. Well, who the heck is this then? And I go, well, he didn't say that. He said, yeah. who the F is this? And I said, uh, Roger Rose. He goes, well, then I don't want to talk to you. Click. <laughs> then I call back. Richard Rosen? <laughs> and he, I go, no. Who is this? Roger Rose. I don't know Roger Rose. Click, right? 20 years later, I'm interviewing him on this one of my talk shows that I had. And it's going great. It's him and Carl Reiner. It's really thrilling. And I said, I don't think you're going to remember this, but I figured, what the heck? And I go, I called you once in high school and you thought I um, was Richard Rosen. And he goes, and why the F aren't you him? <laughs> wow. <laughs> but by the way, he didn't say F. He went the full word. <laughs> Holy crap. Isn't that cool? I go, wow, you buttoned a joke 20 years later. That's impressive. That's why he is the man he is. Steel trap, man. Steel trap. Yeah. Unbelievable. Roger, so. this has been, oh, my God, phenomenally fun. <laughs> Thank you. Real pleasure meeting you, Moosey. <laughs> and we, we definitely have to do this again sometime. Okay. Sounds great. And again, I apologize for the scheduling conflicts. It's just one thing after another, man. Oh, man, life happens. You know, it's the one thing you learn in this business is life happens, call an audible and punt. You, well, you got a great attitude. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I look forward to having you on again. And thanks. Listeners, go watch Friday the 13th, part six. Go watch everything else he's done. Just look up Roger Rose. If you have a Roku, you have a Fire Stick, you have anything, just put them in the search bar. It all pops up. You got to watch that comic book, the movie, because yes. you will, you'll scream out loud when you see uh, all these people that you know their voices. And then all of a sudden you get to see what they look like. And most of the, and it's all, they're all very good improv actors. Like, you know, SpongeBob, Tom Kenny is, you know, amazing. And oh, his yeah. wife, Jill, who's currently on Chicago Party Ant and uh, on and on and on. I, I mean, and there's tons of cameos, Stan Lee's in it and J.J. Abrams and uh, Ron Perlman. And, and of course, Mark Hamill is the star of the thing. So, uh, you know, it's it's pretty amazing. It's, it's a, not a very good movie, by the way, but it's pretty amazing. To <laughs> but see it's fun. It, it's fun to see everybody. But the movie. Hey. I was lucky enough to be in it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> and be sure to tune in here in just a couple of weeks for our annual year in review for horror, where we go Ooh. over last year's big hits and look at what's coming out this year to see what we're excited to see. And until next time, horror hounds mash on. This has been Moose's Monster Bash. Come back for more chills and thrills if you dare. <laughs>